Hey Pyros, it's Bozy. Check out my new single, Angel Wings, available on streaming platforms everywhere. Light Up the Lake 2023 show video is up on my YouTube page over at Bozy8823. Angel Wings is about loss. Hold the people that you love the most closest because you never know when they're not going to be around. I mean, PGI for you, is that closer? That has to be closer. Than, it and, depends on where it lands. Really? Um, the last time it was close was 2019 was in Gillette. was the 50th anniversary. That was Dude. the closest it's ever been for me. Wow. Wisconsin's way too far. Yeah, clearly I'm yeah. not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not hoping very good with my geography. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of talked to you guys about an idea that I have for PGI or Skywars next year if everything pans out. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping PGI is closer because that 1600 mile drive to Skywars is a son of a gun. Oh yeah, like that, man. yeah. Especially not just the drive itself, but just the cost. I mean, towing a trailer, a, a travel trailer up there, mm -hmm. dude. It yeah. was. I'm still haven't paid off Skywars from last year. <laughs> I was planning to, but obviously what happened changed things a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that, <sighs> Who's this guest? Uh, it's, it's the soundboard. He's some oh. idiot. We don't talk about that guest. Okay. Just curious. I just saw somebody sound. I was like, huh. And I'm completely unfamiliar with this. Stalker. We brought in... Uh, Brought in Mike. <laughs> you guys, you in Mike, so you guys can have a discussion on twenty-two. Uh, wait, Mike, as in Mike, you're joking. Mike, of course, of course. Yeah, we got I'm going to keep my He's been yelling no, 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 I promise it's a soundboard. More is it? Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast, where Bozy, AJ, and Jamie ignite your passion for pyro musical show design, while testing the very limits of your capacity for stupid. Of a tolerance. Can you guys hear the echo? No. Not really. No. Hold on. Do you want us to hear the echo? I do not echo? at all. Echo? Echo? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check, I am check, the check, sober check. one. Wonderful. <laughs> Why is this doing this? Is this the normal shenanigans that happens when oh, it's it is. you? Oh, oh yeah. 100%. Okay. All associated with me not being prepared. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Amiga and getting yelled at for eating in the mic while we're doing what we're doing right now. Because that's real gotcha. life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. I'm Bo and that's Jamie. Hi. We're hobbyists and semi-professional pyro show designers. We're big fans of the modern pyro musical. And this podcast is a place where we can talk shop, talk art, share some tips, tricks, news, and insights. And this week we've got Paul Burcham from Las Vegas. He's a amateur, semi-professional and hobbyist show designer and YouTuber. What's up, dude? What up? Thank Hello, you everybody for, uh, for coming along. Viva Las Vegas. Uh -huh. Go Viva Vegas. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what our battle cry was at Skywars last year. Go Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that was hard to, speaking of Skywars, I bet that was hard to coordinate. That was a, a yeah, that hard is an understatement. That was a pain in the, you know what? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How many guys did you have on your crew helping you? Oh, probably close to eight. Yeah. I mean, I had a bunch of people revolving in and out from KCAP between their, because they were doing their blind pyro. And then when they were done with that, they were coming out and helping out. Um, heck, I had half of their Cobra equipment in my show. <laughs> oh, wow. Did, they, did yeah. they use that stuff in the blind too? 
They had, yeah, they used some of it in blind. Oh, wow. Um, I, I think they did. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. And well, here's the modularity. Yeah. Yeah. Pirate community is awesome. They all help out every way they can. I <laughs> yep. mean, we're yeah. all family. Yeah. Well, and then you had 15 racks of your own, but like you probably had way, I, had, I think you had yeah. way more than that in your show. You had 15 I racks did. in the air. Yeah. No I, well, yeah, that too. And I had uh, <laughs> Richard Holden's, I had 15 of his racks too. Oh, so, okay. Cool. 50. Yeah. 15. <laughs> 50. Oh. I know he has 50. He's got he him, has at, least. <laughs> at least. Yeah. yeah. I no, love well, you, Richard. Yeah, the rules as were... As long as have, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything over like a certain size had to be delegated to the back row. So I had uh, adjustable angle racks on the front row and on the back row. So yeah, I had a lot of Craig Co. in my show. Yeah, Not to have. mention the vertically mounted ones, but that's a whole nother topic for another no. day. <laughs> you had yeah. a lot of shots. I did jot this down as like a pre-call note because in your show, you really did exercise depth in the way that you laid out your single shot lines. Because if I remember correctly, you had you had single shot lines in the back, but you also had single shot lines up front as well. Well, right? that's because of the sizing requirements. Um, I was told that nothing over, it was like nothing over 40 millimeter or 38 millimeter could be in the, uh, could be in the front. So I had 50 mils from Dominator in the back that couldn't go up front. So I had to put more racks back there. Plus nothing breaking in the front. So there were shots that I had taken out of other items, break, broken apart cakes that had to sit in the back because they were over that size limit. Uh, did you have 30 mils in the in the front and the back? I accident, I think I accidentally put some 30 millimeters in the back. I, went, I go back and I'll watch the show and I'm like, wait, that wasn't supposed to be back there. And I think I accidentally, because I was bouncing back and forth between different calibers, I had to, there was some 30 millimeters that accidentally got put in the back row instead of the front. It was cool. You can definitely see that you're using, um, and, and I don't know, they call if it was a happy accident and you know you had 30s in the back and 30s up front, it did add a degree of depth to the oh, field. Yeah. When you it was definitely a, I'll take a that. really beautiful three dimension. I mean, it was, it had volume for sure. What's your addressing nomenclature usually uh, when you do shows? Oh, I mean, do you do like, like for a single shot line, will you creatively use, you know, just one big single shot line or do you kind of subdivide things up um, into different lines to create different kinds of shapings for different kinds of effects? Um, when it comes to the single shots, I just, one big row and it's lab, it's sub, you know how Finale gives you that little grouping off to the left? It'll be my like main fronts. I'll have like main fronts and sometimes I'll have a secondary front. And that's pretty much it. I okay. don't, I don't try, I try to keep it simple the yeah. best that I can. I think as I, I, I remember, um, and I don't know, were they, they might've been gerbs that you had. Did you have gerbs on the front line? I did have gerbs on the front line. I had them elevated above. I had them elevated about four feet off the ground. Were those those silver, like the silver yep. gerbs? Dominator, okay. silver, cool. three yep. meter gerb, gerbs. Yep. Instant. Because yeah. those had like a, in the context with the rest of your display, you had stuff going off in the back, but then the gerbs, since they were brought up onto that front line, they had such a nice size to them where it almost, it, it almost appeared like it was creating sequencing, um, on the front line, almost to, to a, a level, like using level and perspective. Um, so it was, it was really cool. 
that's a really creative use of, you know, not just the traditional space that we all think of as designers being, you know, like what's the wingspan of our display laterally from side to side, but like your depth as well. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, buddy. I was just rolling with the, rolling with what I was, the music that I (laughs) So let's, I I guess, you know, since we're talking about, since we're talking about Skywars here, I'm going to go through some of your other design accolades here too. And if I miss something, then, you know, say, Hey, but I didn't know I had any design accolades. Oh, you do for sure, sure, dude. (laughs) Um, So you do blackjacks too, right? You do blackjacks. I do blackjacks demo. Um, Go ahead. How many years have you done blackjacks demo? Since 2019. So 2019. 2020 was canceled, of course. 2021 was canceled, all COVID canceled. 2022, I finally got to do it again and then had some issues with 2023, unfortunately. Is is Blackjacks, like, did, Blackjacks, excuse me, do they do, um, is it is it just all consumer? 100% consumer. You shoot that demo like a tried and true pirate musical though, right? I try everything I can to. I try to, that's what I try to do is elevate the consumer fireworks to another level. Yeah. And I think you did that quite well at Sky Wars too. And and I'm sure that there's, you know, um for many, many years, I think the first couple of years that I got into pirate musicals, I think everybody tends to start this way, right? They because they don't have access to Proline yet. But you know, they're just they're they're tearing consumer apart to try to achieve um you know, effects that you would see and just like shapings that you would see in shows where you traditionally have a lot of single shot effects and, you know, things that you can, basically things that you can do in design and in execution uh, with a certain caliber of product in order to create something that's outside of, you know, the realm of normal, right? So how did Agreed. you, how did you get into, I guess, that I mean, is it is it kind of like the same same old tried and true tale? Like what I guess what got you into design, and then what was you know some of the first shows where you started to tear apart one four? So wow, that's a loaded question. Um, what got me into it? I mean, I'm born and raised in Vegas, so I am a true Vegas native. I've lived here my whole life, and kind of like when they were pre um, interviewing me for the Sky Wars about the makers. Uh, thing is, I got to see the Vegas skyline on Fourth of July. I got to see other shows, and but later on, after I got my first professional training, I got to go to Winter Blast, which is uh, the West Coast Pyrotechnic Convention, and I got to see some pretty neat pyromusicals. And I think that's what really kind of got me started down the pyromusical um, uh, rabbit hole. And um, I would attend the demos out in Pahrump, Nevada, which is not too far from Vegas. And I'd see certain fireworks and I'm like, man, I just want those parts out of it. I don't, I, I'm, I, I understood the concept from seeing these other shows, but I had no knowledge of 1.4 Pro. Um, I had no access to it. So I was like, well, I want to do, this is a goal I want to do. And then 2018, I, the, the idea, I had finally got my first Cobra equipment and my first firing system started scripting for the first time some slats and my 18Ms. And I was like, well, I want, you know, this song sounds like it would be good. And I, so to accomplish it, I did my first like tearing apart and started breaking down cakes and firing off individual rows. And um, I did the first, uh, yeah, we're not going to mention, I wasn't the safest, but I did my first pyro musical. And then um, after that, 
somebody else saw it. And then I got, it was uh, shown to the owners of Blackjack and Area 51 Fireworks. And they're like, we want you to do the 2019 show because it was the Blackjack 40th anniversary. So I got, I got to really go wild and just let my imagination run free. Yeah. When you do I hope that answers that. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Like I because I I I don't want to say, you know, everybody tends to to kind of fall back there like on the same, oh, you know, this is how I got into fireworks and and, and yada yada. And I think it's it's generalized so much that that I, I don't think, you know, people really do a stellar job of kind of encapsulating how special it is when you get into it because it's like, you know, while we all think that we got into it the same way, we may not have, you know, we may not have gotten into it the same way. And, you know, everybody grew up very, very safe and sane. So I was going to say, you're you're pretty close to some of those, you know, everybody's favorite state to hate. Um, So it's like, well, and actually that was another question I had for you too. So like, Blackjacks being all consumer, right? And, and, you know, not having access to one four pro with those guys, like not only do you kind of let your imagination run free, what like one, do you design in finale 3d and two, when you design in finale 3d, you know, are you, there's a lot of custom VDLs. Yeah. That's what I figured. A lot of custom. Yes. Taking individual effects that you see in videos, for rows and just kind of going nuts with it. Oh, and it's then- yeah, it, it's bad. Um, just, just for a quick example, I'm trying to think of one of the cakes that I'll tear apart. Um, I think it was called Big Money or something by Brothers this year. And row one has like a, a red wave comet. Row three has a green wave comet. And my, it's like about a almost a thirty millimeter comet, almost. And that's what'll be my my VDL language is um, um, big money row one single, and then big row big money row one and t- like complete. And uh, so if I'm shooting a row, I do use one thing, and if I shoot an individual, I label it something else. So yeah, yeah. a lot of custom VDLs uh-huh. and one hell of a convoluted uh, VDL library too. Oh, I'm sure, it's it's pretty bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's my library for the same reason. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, uh, that, yeah, it's it's pretty bad, and obviously for the sake of Skywars last year, it was that was a, that was fun. No, it wasn't. That was, dude, it takes yeah. so much time. I, there's a lot of people that shy and push away from the visual software, and either that or they kind of feel duped when they first get into it because they buy it and they just assume that all of these consumer libraries and one four pro libraries <laughs> are built into the program. Oh, and wouldn't that be nice? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, w- <laughs> it would be. Yeah, and I, I don't know this for a fact. Do you guys know if they charge manufacturers to host their libraries? If I was a business owner and I was them, the answer to that question, I think is yes. I'm not sure though. I, I don't want to misspeak. No idea. Hmm. Hmm. Custom VDL libraries are a pain in the ass to build. Um, now they are fun but once you get down. Yeah, to once it. you're done and you're able to finally actually start scripting, it's great. But yes. before that, it's just oh my gosh, and, and it's yeah, and it's it takes just a two-hour session and the twenty-four hours. And it, and when you're trying <laughs> to create like that custom that lace effect that doesn't even exist in pro, I mean lace is a primarily a one for effect, and trying to create they it recognizes finale rec- recognizes plum blossom, but there are certain cakes out there that have a double lace. They go to lace and then they re re 
emerge and you're like, how am I going to put this in here? Or see, you're teaching me something here because like lace, lace effects, I've always just completely created from scratch. You know, like I'll, I'll do like a two stage effect. I'll almost do like a, um, I've got to learn that I haven't gotten into actually creating my effect yet in finale. I know that's going to be my next hurdle because of a, hopefully a future project of mine's going to have to, I'm going to have to find out about that. Yeah, a future yeah. hopeful product uh, idea of mine. I'm going to have to learn about custom effects. Well, so teach me here, dude. What the like that? Like, what is plum blossom? I've never heard of that. Plum blossom is the other term for lace. Um, oh. In consumer, um, you'll see it on certain consumer grade fireworks, such as plum blossom. You'll see club. You'll see lace, like lace impulse by Winda, um, or does it physically look just like a lace effect? Um, and it's just not, no, it doesn't, way to, it really doesn't not okay. in the finale. It doesn't. And you just, that's one of those times where you just have to like, it's not going to look perfect on finale, but I'm just going to have to roll with it. And it's just there to hold the spot for what I, what I, my, what the, the picture is already in your mind. We all know that the idea, the concepts in your mind, you're, and all that finale does is it temporarily holds it there. So your mind doesn't get too jumbled. It, it's a, it's an organizational tool. Yeah, it's a create creativity, yes, but it's there so your mind just doesn't lose track of everything. That's really cool. Yeah. I can almost promise you that that's going to help somebody um, because I had no idea that there Me, was another name for that effect. There's several names, but lace plum blossom. Um, I heard it from someone, an importer, that plum blossoms like the more common term in China, but that's what I I think I heard somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, but. So, but if you, in finale, if you put in plum blossom and it doesn't look like plum blossom, like lace, it doesn't visualize it very well, but it does the trick for what you need. But it's really tough when you get into uh, star factory by taco or um, galactic rings by superior, which are both the same cake, but they have that double lace effect or even alpha wolf by great grizzly. All of them have that double lace. It, it fades in to, and then it fades in again. And you're like, yeah, how am I going to simulate that one? Good oh, luck. Cool. You huh. just you just roll with it, so, and is that's that, when you put lace. That's when you put um, um, galactic rings shot number four single in your in your finale inventory, and you roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie, how do you do? Um, how do you do lace? <laughs> you, know, you know how I do lace. I just went. Hey. There just might be kids it. on this on this podcast. Listening to this podcast. I, I Let's keep it. it. Yeah. I pay six dollars. I pay six dollars. Oh God. Uh that, that's that's helpful, dude. I actually I took a note here on my little notepad. I'm like, uh, try oh, yeah. plum blossom is VDL. I I know I wrote like, down go, the timeline. Yeah. Go going back to you know what you said earlier about you know that the name of that effect being what the VDL and finale recognizes. I've, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that the library, the VDL library internally, that's, you know, looking for descriptors. I feel like they've rebuilt that effect to accommodate more so like uh, the East and, you know, every place else in the world, because America, you know, being America, we've got different names for all kinds of stuff, right? Going back to like metric and Imperial, it's the same kind of deal. I feel um, like I need a VDL thesaurus in, uh-huh. in finale. That would be really, yeah. you think that would be really helpful. 
Don't yeah, write. Just scroll down. Oh, here's seven words for uh, yeah, seven <laughs> words that'll change your life when it comes to uh, doing finale simulations. Plum blossom. <laughs> yeah, Nine yeah. I don't know. I don't know why those tonight. guys don't have a uh, don't have like a like a glossary or a dictionary of, of VDL terms. They've got examples, but you know, I think they just assume that everybody that has the program. Um, you know, un- understand instant experts as soon as you download the program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Are the matrix, all? man. Oh, You're gosh. getting plugged in. <laughs> oh boy! So, like, proving that we're all Gen X. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make re- matrix references. <laughs> <laughs> Trinity, I need a, I need a, a sim for a helicopter. That's right. Helicopter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did PGI too, didn't you? I've done PGI. Um, I did PGI last year. And I did a seminar last year. I did a small seminar on modifying Class C's for Class nice, C fireworks dude. for pyro musicals. Nice. So, what, kind I mean, of what kind of feedback did you get from that seminar from the people that took um, it? They liked it. Once we yeah. got in the flow of it, they really liked it because. And last year was a perfect time for it because the shortage of one four pro last year was insane. Oh yeah, it was bad, and they're like, "Oh, oh, I have another op- an avenue of getting the effects that I want." And yeah, people there were think a couple of that. companies that uh, donated product for that little seminar too. And it was uh, Spirit of 76 do- donated some product. Um, uh, who else did? I think it was, um, our, no, Superior Fireworks out of Florida did too. So nice. And so nice. did uh, Pyro Land out of Washington. So was that a hands on seminar? It was. Okay. We ha- we took part cakes on right then and there, broke them down. I was going to try to do- design a pyro musical, just ran out of time. Yeah. So we just I just fired it off individually and just showed off the individual shots and still look cool. But um, yeah, it gave people an idea of how how you can re- reuse Class C fireworks and a little bit of the legal um, issues with modifying Class C too. Right. Yep. Yep. Because I think as as much as all of us want to, um, you know, you know, wish and hope that that's legal. I, I you correct me if I'm wrong, but modifying one for is manufacturing. Yeah, it's manufacturing, and I'm not and by any means endorsing it. But basically, it's fortunately enough probably pretty low on the totem pole when it comes to priorities for uh, enforcement. But still, it's it is still manufacturing, whether we like it or not. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's we're dedicated pyrotechnics, pyrotechnicians. We this is our hobby. We put thousands of our dollars and our time in, and hours of our time into this. We and we've shown that we want to enhance the hobby and bring it to the next level and not hurt our hobby because of course it'll come back and bite us. So we want to try to educate others so they have the hopefully they have the same attitude toward fireworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent, dude. That lump, that Lumpari thing that you did at PGI was pretty badass. That what? That was a couple. Was that a couple years ago? That was in twenty twenty one. Yep. That was in Fargo. Yeah. So for yep. the people that don't know, because actually b- before you told me that you did that uh, a couple of years ago, I mean, there, we had one guy in Opag who he was a big, big fan of Lumparis. Um, explain for the people that don't know that might be new to fireworks in general, what a Lampari is? A Lampari is basically a fireball salute. It's a small container of a liquid fuel um, next to a flash charge. So your salute vaporizes and ignites the liquid fuel, creating a fireball and your salute 
and your report. So it's it's the best of both worlds. You're getting a visual effect and you're getting the audible effect of the salute, but with a fireball. But it's and it's primarily designed to be an aerial effect. So I kind of tweaked it and turned it into a ground effect. Do you hear that, Chad? <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the Chad probably knew what a Lompari is. Who's Chad? Uh, <laughs> Chad's, he's a good friend of ours. He's a really good okay. friend of ours. Um, but he does, he's a fireball madman like Jamie is. And they're so well, good at uh, him too. There might be a future project using some of my skills. Yeah, right, I've baby. already met. Yeah, hopefully I can pave some road before I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. But like, so the Lamparis though, I mean, you're still, you're still in essence, you know, like oh, you I'm said, de- it's, that's it's definitely in- manufacturing. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's, man- P- that's why I did it at PGI. Yeah. Right. Which is like it's legal. It's completely legit there, but I had to, I had to get the approval from a lot of people before I could make that happen. Really? Yeah. Now, did you, I, did you try to make a, um, when you manufactured all of that stuff at PGI, did you trade like, was that something that you just kind of like, you know, went off on your own and did, or was that something that you, you know, kind of it was invited a continuation of and- a previous, uh, idea. Okay. So that's cool. I've, I've designed, I have previously designed a consumer size aerial Lampari based around the five hour energy drink bottle. Nice. Um, if you, in 2018, I helped out a company with a grand public display at Western Winter Blast and I built on site, I built a couple hundred of those Lamparis for that display. And so we were setting off, we set off over 200 Lamparis, consumer-sized Lamparis. I say consumer-sized, not actual consumer, but consumer-sized. They fit in a consumer tube. Um, I set over two, we set over 200 of them off in that, in that GPA, in that grand public, dis, or that display, GPD. Wow. That's, what's, so, so what's GP, what's GPD? Grand public display. Oh, just okay. A, just abbreviation okay. for that. Okay, Force cool. a habit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, that I'm was a, Western I'm a PGI, like never, dude. I, I wish one, one day I'd love to go to PGI because it's like, there's some, some really cool stuff that happens there. And I mean, it's, it really is. It's, I call it, I refer to it as the pyrotechnic mothership. It's where all of us crazies actually get together in one place and get mm-hmm. along. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you've got your manufacturing guys, you have your vintage guys, you have your building guys, you have your show designers, all in your consumer vendors, all in one place at one time. I mean, not just that, but your industry, your trade show, so much is in one place. And it is like you drop somebody in there and you're saturating them in the pyrotechnic arts in one, in a week. <laughs> Sounds like a... Uh, it's a bucket list. Sounds, it's yeah, a beautifully to say, bucket list thing, but it sounds like, uh, you know, like for, for new folks to kind of get into the hobby to go out and digest PGI, it's, it's gotta be one of those things that after your first year going, you're like, yeah, I absolutely love that. But I don't know what I digested because there was so much to digest. That was how I felt after my first year. It's like, oh my gosh, there was a lot to digest, but I've got to go back. But 2021, I had enough people um, that were like, no, you need to go talk to this person to get approval. And then she'll talk to this person and this person. I had to get the okay from the safety people. Then I had to find a place to set it off. Um, it was it was a lot of hurdles to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, it's just the fact is that the first problem is we're mixing flash. Flash, it's simple, but it's literally, it is the easily the most dangerous substance that you're playing with in fireworks. Oh, yeah, 100%. And 
we were finding a way to binary mix it and then transfer it to it. But as soon as it's open, technically it goes against PGI's basic rules. So we had to get special approval from higher up to make that okay, to get that okayed. Right. So how we you, finally, go ahead. How'd you do, how'd you do um, I guess with Lampari's? Because I, I mean, I'm sure there's sources for Lampari's that I'm not sure that. There is only one source for commercially produced Lampari's in the entire United States. Really? Okay. But it yep. is domestic within the United States and it's not something yes. that's imported? Yep. Okay. Correct. What kind of setbacks does one need to adhere to with Lampari's? Do you know? Oh, I mean, it's a salute. You treat it like a salute. Yeah. Okay. So separate racks. Um, if you're using a mess finale, um, you're separate racks from the rest of your product. You um, definitely, I would probably take whatever normal NFPA distances in Dublin. Um, we set off that, that mescleta at the ground line, ground salute line at PGI in 2021. So we treated it because a lot of them were going off at ground level. So they were relatively small though. Most of them were pretty small. Yeah. Compared to some of the stuff that goes off on the ground salute line at PGI, they were small, but it was <laughs> the best place for it. <laughs> they do a lot of, do I they mean, do a lot of ground salutes? Dude. Yes. Yeah. Dude. Yes. There are people that are setting off pounds of flash <laughs> at the ground salute line. Like I, I've been there and had my, you feels like you're getting kicked in the chest and all you can do is just laugh. And it, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I, there's, I think there, so the brace, I think there is, I don't know. Well, I'm not, there's a brace there that they hang the ground salutes from. And I think it's a unwritten challenge that who can take out the brace like who can destroy? Yeah, like who can make the, <laughs> the most powerful ground salute to take out the brace? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if it's like an unwritten rule, but it seems like every year it's somebody's trying to take it out. No, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that should have been talked about, but oh well. Uh, the, the well, I mean, if it's if it's unwritten, it sounds like it's just like a, a challenge between the, all the guys that either create. Is it all stuff that they're creating, or are they doing that? Yeah, with, it's built uh, on site. Yeah, that that, that that stuff's built on site. <laughs> That's yeah. Jamie. That reminds me of uh, Octoblast. I think we were either putting your board together or we were helping dad put his four by eight together in the last, you know, hour before the show was going to go up. And Matt was out there lighting salutes, <laughs> doing uh, crown salutes. Like, uh, I don't know, call it. Oh, was you in the container when I was walking through there? <laughs> they were uh -uh. shooting down the street and nobody let us know. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I about it, jumped out of the thing like we're no being other. bombed. <laughs> we're being bombed. <laughs> oh, God. Paul, that, um, so I guess, you know, for like the, the core educational content here for this week, I mean, you use consumer product extremely creatively. And I'm talking about, you know, your standard UN 033614 consumer, right? You yes. know, super colorful stuff that you buy off the shelf um, anywhere that you like to get it. And and I guess I, I if there's if there's a place where you'd like to start, and I guess since you did a PGI seminar on this stuff, I mean, what are, you know, give us some, some snippets, um, you know, and things that designers can do with regular consumer uh, to soup their shows up and, you know, ultimately be more creative, but be safe at the, uh, at the same time. Single effect cakes are your friend. So like, Sing give me uh, an example. Um, 
One of my favorite brands is is uh, Pyroland out of Washington, and his one of my favorite cakes from him is Sailor's Warning. Oh, it's yeah. nothing but that red strobe horsetails out of that cake. It is absolutely beautiful, and it. He, I don't know how he gets his stuff that made that well from China, but he does. And it, I mean, I used that. I used multiple cases at Skywars last year, and just an absolutely beautiful cake. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I need to order some. Pyroland, I've seen um, videos of some of their stuff. And, you know, I I think I even threw a couple of comments on uh, Facebook posts or something in groups where I'm like, man, this is like, it's special stuff. Like the first time, uh, I think, you know, I thought the same thing when I, like the first time I saw Raccoon Standard Consumer Line. Like this is, it's cool because you're normally that one for consumer is such a hodgepodge of different, yeah, different effects. But like you can tell that a certain care is going into some of these lines where they're doing excellent jobs of, um, you know, creating color harmonies in, in the effect that they're trying to achieve with the item. I just remember Pyroland standing out. And he's done that for a while too. Is he, I've, do you know if he's like sending stuff over to China? Like, Hey, we want this cake to do this, but I, I don't, I don't know, know like, full details, but he's, he's very adamant from what I've talked to him. He's very adamant that when he wants his stuff made a certain way, that's how he wants it made. That's awesome. And, yeah. He is very, very adamant when it comes to, when he talks to his factories, he's and the factories he works with, he says, I want it made this way. And I only want it made this way. So he is, and, and that's kind of why he has the reputation he does among uh, pyro musical designers. It's it's unique product that really stands out. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, have you do you know what that cake is? Have you ever seen that before? Sailor's it sounded wine. like you knew it. Sailor yeah. wine. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful cake. Beautiful the, um, red strobing horse tails. Come on, Bo, catch up. I was trying to win it during the drawing last year. <laughs> oh, did we have that at, uh, was that at Octoblast? Yeah, I, no, no, no. Um, Sky Wars. Oh, oh, Sky Wars. Okay. There was a few uh, Pyroland cakes and I, I'm pretty sure I saw it and I was trying to win that pile. <laughs> I'd be trying to win it too. Yeah, I actually need to order some for Sky Wars this year, actually. Better get a hold of Joel. I know. Oh, dude, that is, so I got a final phone number. I'm watching the video here. That is a really pretty strobe. It is. I mean, it's that is one beautiful cake. It's a really pretty strobe, and they didn't like they didn't overdo it on. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is. I I would say that as far as a waterfall goes, like they did a good job with the number of stars that they actually put in the breaking effect. Yeah, because it seems like it's it's just enough to really be kind of in your face and, and show you what, what the effect is going for, but it's not too little to the point where you're like, eh, that's, that's a puny break. I better order them before Friday, before they sell out. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, he's going to be at PGI soon. So you might be He might be running low after PGI. I swear every time he goes to PGI, he's one of the first to sell out at PGI. Like he's, well, his, is he in, you said Washington. So Washington state, right? Correct. How many pyros do you have out there in your neck of the woods? I mean, that, that in you, Vegas. Yeah, well, not necessarily in Vegas, but just like if I were to slice the United States, you know, into what three or four big quadrants, it always seems like so many of the people that we that I meet personally on the Facebook groups and stuff, we're talking like straight Midwest, East, right? So you're one of the few that I know that lives, you know, to the west. Yeah, of we're, that. we're so, the oddballs out here on the West Coast. We're the we're the um, the exception, not the rule. 
Because <laughs> unfortunately, the West is also known for, uh, well, yeah, another state and the shenanigans that go on yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that's why, that's probably why his line is as special as it is when, you know, when you go to PGI and when you go to other places, because, you know, you don't, I, does he ship? He ships. He does can he? ship. Okay. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Because it's like the... And no, yeah. I'm not getting paid by Pyroland to make this endorsement. <laughs> I will no. say this. Joel, has, the owner, has been very supportive of me and my pyrotechnic endeavors over the ever since I've known him, though. So he's been a good dude. Yeah. I But, you know, cool product, man. I, innovative, cool product is special. And, you know, hats off to the lines that do it. Because I believe for quite some time, different brands got it's complacent tough. with what they were. And then all of a sudden you get these new brands that came into the space and really did something innovative, but created quality products and stellar looking effects. And then now all of a sudden we're, we're kind of seeing packs of different manufacturers pull away from just the standards and the norms. And that's special. Absolutely. What's uh, what else, what else do you like from uh, the consumer standpoint? Um, it's Spirit of 76. It's GM 902, and it's a three-layer mine cake. It's nothing Ooh. but each row is a fan, three-layer mine fan. And you can either take it and shoot it as each row, or you can take it apart and use them as individual shots. Yeah. And they're a good 30 millimeter. I used it a lot in my um, in my show for Sky Wars. I, um, I used that one, that and I tore apart want? some slices. It's not the lace. It's, um, it's uh, gold, green, and blue or I think it was gold, silver, and blue mines or something like that. There was a three-layer mine. Okay. And about a 30 millimeter, and it's about a 25-shot cake. I think it was I think it was a 20 or 25-shot cake, and it was like four or five rows of five. So you and the the rows would fire instantly. So it was a fill fan effect, or you could tear it apart and use them individually. I used it in a seminar for uh, PGI last year, and I used it in at at Skywars last year. Was the um are all it, of the different layers of the mine are they in the same insert or are they physically different? No, they're all in, in the, the same shot. They're yeah. all in individual shots. So each shot has all three lines, all three layers that are visible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it is considered one of their pro series. It's not a one four pro item, but it's a the uh, pro line for Spirit of 76. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's other cakes that are like that. You have Lumberjack by Great Grizzly that has several rows that are three-layer mines. You have, I don't know if it's still produced, but Just Because by Brothers also has three-layer mines. Um, we had Showtime FX product last year, and they had a three-layer sweep, three-layer mine sweep, and I tore apart the sweeps too for those three-layer mines. So nothing was safe. <laughs> Will you typically rack your... They go into Krako. I figured, I think when there's there's some guys that when they, they tear um, cakes apart, like for when I'm trying to make slices out of a single effect, usually I, I won't go as far as to completely destroy the physical integrity of the item because you know I'm likely so, going to use more of it in one spot for like poor man slices so I'll pull that row fusing and just leave it as is but you know that's I think that winds up being a creative decision for a lot of people it depends on so if I'm using the entire cake if I can find a way to use the entire cake in the show 
without having to tear it apart, like physically tear it apart, I'd prefer to leave it that way. Yeah. But if if I'm using single shots, obviously they're getting torn apart. It's yeah. going into Graco. Yep. But if it's like um um I think it's Rock On by Brothers. It's either yeah, it's Rock On by Brothers is six rows of golden mines with variegated tips. And I'll fire off individual rows of that. And I could have sworn I just heard you writing down that cake name. Yeah, well, what I did, I got I need to get a silent keyboard for one because <laughs> this thing's got it's way too loud. And I I'd like try to type as <laughs> softly as possible when we got people on, especially if I don't know like if I don't know the cake. Dude, it's been yeah. so long since I've used um I'm watching the video, but it, it it's it's been so long since I've that's a very pretty cake, by the way. I it like is. that. It's unique. Mm-hmm. But it's been so long, man, since I've, you know, I, I will use stuff outside the one four pro realm, but like I said, it's, it's usually never so deep. There's not enough of it that you really need to, but there's advantages to both. Right. It's just hard to find the advantages in consumer, yeah. real consumer most of the time. Most of the time it's easier and more, it's more time efficient. It's more efficient to use one four pro because all the effects are the same. Totally understand. And when you do find that one cake that's like, oh, wow, this was such a great consumer cake. Yeah, it's few and far between. It really is. I think it, like you wind up... Um, <laughs> stashing it, hoarding it? Yes. Well, yeah, you wind up stashing and hoarding stuff. But it, it at the same time, too, like, you know, if you get a really unique effect in the consumer space, I don't think it... If it's something that's super popular, like I can see the one four pro guys kind of looking at it and you know taking feedback from the community and and saying, yeah, you know maybe we can produce something like that. To be quite honest, I think that's probably how one four pro came about in the first place. You know, that's probably a question more aligned uh, for you know uh, an OG like Ed Vassal or somebody who I was actually thinking Dominator and yeah. Because actually, that's a perfect example. Because you go, you go old, you go back about ten years, and you start talking Mammoth Strobe, the yeah. original, and then it goes into the DM series, the DMX series of Proline, and that was one of the very first cakes that got flipped over to One Four Pro. I mean, a ten shot, two inch, all white strobe, but we most of us know it as Mammoth Strobe. That was the original. That was the OG, and Dominator was one of the first people to do that. I have a uh, selfish question here. Mm-hmm. And all your all in wonder, turbillions. Do you have any cakes that I can tear apart for turbillions? Mm, that's a tough one. I know. That's a really tough one. <laughs> um, I saw you use them in the show, but I wasn't sure if that was Dominator single shots or not in Sky uh, Wars. Turbillion, I think Spirit had some good turbillion cakes. Mm. Um, I remember using them years ago. I don't know if they still have them, but I can't think of too many. Um, oh, there's not many I can find that are still in production. There's very few. You've got um, Jet Propulsion by Shogun, I think, had Whistling Turbillions, I think. It's been a while since I've I know, shot that I know cake. Shogun made a really nice one, but I can't find it anywhere. Not, and yeah, neither can I anymore. And honestly, the West Coast is so barren when it comes to all these brands, these hard, good brands, we're kind of on the short end of the stick when it comes to fireworks. So we really have to be creative out here. Anyway, sidetrack. 
But well, no. So squirrel. like what, 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 that's actually not, I mean, I, it's right. It's right on the money with kind of what we're talking about. What kind of brands like, like blackjacks is obviously close for you, right? I think well, they're in blackjack is close. Area 51 is close. And, um, they have a lot of world-class blackjack does. I have love world-class. I do. They have some good stuff. They have some less than good stuff too. They have a lot of brothers at, uh, area 51 and blackjack. Uh, Blackjack does have raccoons, so I lean heavily on that source for a lot of my product. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they have some of their house brands, and some of their house brands are good, and some of it's okay. Yeah. I mean, just like any other store. I mean, I am. I admit I'm spoiled that I can run through two different stores and pick what I need for the demo, but I don't have a lot of the other stuff that the Midwest has access to. Yeah. Yeah, once you start crossing over into the Midwest, it just seems like there's so many fireworks options that it's it's ridiculous. Pyro swap mate. <laughs> That's I not mean, a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, seriously though. I mean Vegas twenty four. Vegas twenty four, that's right. Go to Paul's yeah. house. Friendsgiving. Like, yeah, that's right. It's it's like before Yingling made its way into Illinois, my family would be like, Hey, you gonna can you please bring me a uh, you know like every time a I went to Tennessee pack. I had to pick up Yingling from <laughs> There's a reason that every time I travel to the Midwest, it's like, okay, I need to go pick up some stuff. I need to get stuff from I mean Last year after PGI, I had bought a travel trailer. We'll just say there's stuff that got back to Vegas on that travel trailer, and a large portion of it was intended for Sky Wars. Mm-hmm. But it's just, every time I go to the Midwest for some, it's fireworks tr- come back with me because I'm like, well, I'm never going to find this on my side of the country, so I'm going to get what I can while I can. Get chasing comets from fireworks forever. That's that's a beautiful cake. Yeah. Um, just Spirit of 76 go-getter cakes. Those are yeah. those are good luck finding them out here, um, pretty much. Unless you're a fireworks company and shipping them out to the West Coast isn't always a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of those cakes that I can't get out here. So it's like, oh well, I just get it when I can when I go to these events and try to pre-order it and grab a case or two and bring it back with me. Yeah. When you would go to PGI, so, would you? I mean, would you typically? Was it typical for you on a given year to you know take a trailer? Either take a trailer or rent a trailer on the way back. Yeah. Yeah. And because I'm like, oh, this ain't going to fit in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was bad. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. So what about like safety tips? I think it's always important when you're, when you're diving into this stuff to you know, res- respect what you've got in front of you. Um, Brass pokes, non-sparking pokes is your best friend. That's really what it... And good tape. And so, not regular scissors. And not regular scissors. Yeah. Yeah. Get your get a, a solid pair of anvil cutters. Yep. Keep that in your pyro bucket. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you see fuse on, in, on sale, any type of faster fuse or slow f- or medium fuse, stock up on it and just start stashing that too because there's times when you want to take a single effect 200 gram and turn it into from a... A 15 second cake into a three second cake, you're going to need that fast fuse. But you, yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Great little you know, finale actually, trick. Do you do any shell finales, like uh, canister shell finales? Uh, a little bit. I like cake finales, but I do a little bit of shell finales, um, but not too much, just yeah. because I, I mean, again, finding a shell kit that's all one effect, if I want a one effect, 
a finale, then sure, if I have a Nishiki, if I want a Nishiki, but there's so many, the thing is, is I can make my timing better with cakes than I can with shells for the most part. Oh yeah, yep. Because most of the time what I'll do is like you have Uncle Sam by Raccoon or any equivalent Nishiki cake, whether it's Mother of All Bombs by Winda or Glitterati by Fireworks Forever, Epic. Um, you'll fire the first six shots and if it's a three-shot three finale, you separate that fuse out and you fire off that finale as a separate cue and you can time it so it all, those finale, that finale hits all at once. Yeah, so you're not yeah. overlapped to a huge degree. And you're not worried about fuse timing. Yeah. You, if yeah. you've already timed out your cake, like you guys were talking about in a previous episode, that's what I try to do on a lot of my consumer stuff. And that's why my consumer shows tend to be some, not fl- trying to float my own boat. That's try, why they tend to be a little bit better timing is I will stopwatch time that cake from first to last shot, first to, shot to lift, to lift to break, stuff like that. So I can try to achieve that better timing that's yeah. not easily available in consumer. But yeah. when you, you go back, you watch the video, you time off the first six shots and you're like, okay, you put in, in a finale as a six shot um, Nishiki cake that lasts 30 seconds. And then you have a three shot instant finale cake and you label that as your, your finale row basically in, in finale. And you can time that last shot, that last row to hit all at once. People like my dad, when he'll shoot a finale, you know, an all cake finale or something like that, he'll go, ah, you know what? It's, it's going to go, it'll all be sequenced like this and maybe a step script or something. And then whatever hits at the very end hits at the very end. But I mean, the point that you're trying to make is, you know, you can take control over uh, how, yeah, over consumer and how your finales kind of build to create the finale that's, that's going to have the most impact when you need it and when you want it. I mean, you can take, um, there's a cake by World Class that's been rewrapped at Area 51, but it's a, a red strobe to, or a white strobe mine to red strobe, something like that. It's a little 16 shot cake. And um, I took one year, I remember taking an entire case of that. And it went from a 15 second cake to about a three second cake. <laughs> and I put off, I, I bricked four of them together to fire off at once after I modified each of them with fast fuse. So you had this, at a peak of a song, you had this like build up, instant quick build up of a song and you had all of them hit at once and it was just like, oh, that was, it was perfect. Yeah. And you have the rising effect with the mines and you have the breaks and it was just that perfect combination. Yeah, with like no abs and stuff, man. You ever shoot... Um... This is this is not a Noab, but speaking of world class, cool, tinier, uh, like five hundred gram cakes, like especially for like building cake finales, like um, Fighting Rooster was a good one. And Fighting Rooster, Gorilla Warfare, Gorilla is Warfare good is the other one. Yep. Yeah, dude, I love that one. That's my favorite one to use. If you're trying, if you want something with like a lot of colors, you know, if you're gonna throw some strobe up to uh, in your color for your finale, that's an awesome yep. little mid level cake. I've used that. I've, I use probably use it almost every year. Um, Gorilla Warfare, Fighting Rooster, um, Extreme Machine. If you want Whistle and Crackle, Extreme Machine by World Class. If you don't like Whistle and Crackle, the cake will drive you nuts, but lots of Whistle and Crackle. <laughs> but yeah. On the Whistling and Crackling thing, I mean, you know, I, I think there was probably, there's a time and it probably still exists. I don't think I, I see it or I don't see people talking about it as much anymore, at least the hate on on crackle and just that kind of noise in a show. But to be quite honest, I mean, just like any other effect, I think there's a place for it. 
right? In consumer shows, like you can, yeah, but it's just finding the the mu- the right music to go along yeah, with it. Yeah, in a design context, I think if you have a section in your track where you can emphasize uh, like a whistling or, you know, not too much of it, but enough to put emphasis on where you are in the flow of your show and your story and your song, then boom, you know, you've done a really good job of using the effect and not, you know, just kind of stiff arming it all together. Speaking of using the effect, your color harmony pulling from the cakes that you used for Sky Wars, man, that was just beautiful. I mean, it was like spot on to the entire show. Yeah, I second that, man. Uh, just I'm sitting here watching like wow yeah dude he yeah (laughs) I said he like you're not sitting right here (laughs) I'm right here guys I know know. (laughs) you did a really good job of like flowing through different color harmonies but you also accented you know certain segments like where you would just blanket the sky with the same color right which is like that's something that you see overused in a like amateur competition setting so much, uh, you know, the last few years, but, you know, doing a good job of using that sparingly creates impact as you're going through your design and through your show, just like anything else, man, you know, it's anything that's overused at all in any context, um, of the entire design and music selection and like anything, you know, that can be overused. It, probably will be overused, especially when it hits the community and everybody looks at it and they go, Oh my gosh, that was so cool. I think I'm going to do it 40 times, um, over the course of four minutes, but you know, that's, there is, n- so, there is such thing as too much of a good thing. Yes. Let's see. Other than sky wars back in 2022 and PGI and blackjack. So like, those are, you know, those are the accolades I've got for you. I mean, have, like, do you, have you done any other really special shows? Hmm. Well, in 2015, I proposed to my wife with a fireworks show. Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> what, nice. what music did you go with? Um, it was Glass by Thompson Square and, um, oh, I just, I'm blanking on the, uh, John Legend. Um, nice. All of us. Cool. Uh, John Legend. I can't think of the name of that song all of a sudden. All um, of you, right? All of you. Thank yep. you. Yep. It started <laughs> off with Glass by Thompson Square and then it went to... Um, and it wasn't a pyro musical. It was a single, just a fired show. Awesome. That was That's just cool. before my pyro musical endeavors. Nice. But yeah, I, and I did a set piece and I an- asked the question with the set piece. Nice. Aww. I was yeah. going to say, and did you use letter racks? <laughs> set piece, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, letter racks weren't even a thing in 2015 to my knowledge. <laughs> but um, it, that's actually, yeah, it was Western Winter Blast 2015 before the grand public display. And so there was a good crowd there. It was actually the first year that I met Pyroland. They were at Winter Blast that year. And that's kind of where our friendship started. But that's, yeah, that's my other accolade that I um, proposed to my wife with a fireworks show. That's awesome, man. I won't let anybody ever tell me that you can't be romantic with fireworks because you can. Absolutely. I mean, I think it was, it was in that meeting or in that uh, interview with, um, for the Skywars thing that they were talking to um, Mrs. Mayfield. And she was even saying that, Aaron always puts a little something into their shows that's about them. I mean, got to give Aaron Mayfield a shout out on that one. And he did those hearts on uh, Sky Wars last year. That was amazing. Yeah. Did he do that with, uh, you're not talking shells. You're talking, oh, really? I think he did it with some type of flame pot. 
and it was hearts on a board and they were just oh, facing I toward the crowd, but it was that. beautiful. Yep. I'm going to go back and watch the video, but I, I know what you're talking about just from like, I just, you know, being out on the field and looking at everybody's setups. I just remember seeing something that struck me as, whoa, what is this? I've still got to find a consumer item that I, that'll substitute for Lance, but give me time. It'll, it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's going to find it, it's going to be you. If you build it, they will come. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you ask your buddy at Pyro Land, he will make it. Maybe. He will make it. Yeah. Right. Oh, I would love to have my, I would love to be able to design some of my own fireworks one day. I think you're completely like you have the eye for it just because it's like, you, you know, I can, I can tell with the way that you put like color coordinations and harmonies together in your shows. And not only that, your ability to like, this is the other thing that I remember from your show was like, there were spots where like there was, you know, some clutter in like the mid level and high level, but for the most part, like the vast majority of your show, you did a stellar job of separating your verticals. Layering is a key concept for consumers because we don't have the advantage of sending a 12 inch shell into the air and covering the entire field of view for the audience. We have to, we have to shock and awe them on ground to sky. You got it right. Exactly. Which ground to sky in a one, four setting isn't all that high. And you have to use your layering. That layering is essential. Absolutely essential. And finding the right effects and the right, um, even things like we were talking about this before, Bose, um, Roman candles is such an underrated thing to use in a, in a show. If you can find good Roman candles and like, um, uh, oh, dang it. Well, you um, meant it's like, I remember when you responded to that post, like you, I think it was you and, uh, oh God, was it Rob? I maybe might've been Rob Tahan. Um, he had another good one, but like the ones that I looked up from you were stellar. Like I was like, oh man, I wish there was a Dragon retail place tail, nearby. Dragon Tales was, by Winda. Yeah. Those are some great five shot comic candles. They're about a, almost a one inch bore. They're about a three quarter inch bore and they have a good candle. They have a good comment. And if you can get a bundle of those or build a bundle of those and set them at angles, the things you can do with that is, it's amazing. Just, and it's just one of those underrated resources. Um, can I, let me, let me stop you here for a second. Cause I, this is a, this is actually a really good teaching moment for like, for you to teach me because I genuinely don't know how to do this. I've seen guys create uh candle buckets before, you know, and, but I, I don't necessarily know the intricacies and the ins and outs of like fusing these things together. And then, you know, the creative headspace that you have to be in, especially with an item like a consumer candle on how to time that, right? So when you bundle all of these candles together, I guess my first question is, one, how do you like to do it? And two, how do you like to fuse your ignition? And three, how do you, I would imagine, plan for the delays that exist to achieve your effect on a timeline. Um, well, one thing you don't use it on a precise anywhere where you need absolute precision. Correct. Um, right. I like so Roman finding candles, like an dude, introduction would, in of yeah. a song where it starts off kind of slow is a great place to use them. Um, you go out and you fire them electronically. Um, if you have some, this is where it gets into some very gray. If you can either use fast fuse with the visco initiators. Or if you have access to black match or quick match, just a little bit of it, um, it's the easiest way to ignite those. Um, will you take? Will you take that? And I mean, are you cutting back the candle to the point where you can see? Because I would imagine, like, 
the candles makeup, right? You have your fuse that kind of goes into the top of the candle, but then, you know, that's going to go into, you know, your layer after layer after layer of different stars and stages. Like is, have you seen a lot of candles that have like a slurry, um, for their initiate, uh, no. their initiate of the top? I've never like, seen any of them with any, sl- well, I've never seen any with any slurry. Okay. Uh, the most I've seen is I saw a bundle candle with, uh, one of the major, I don't remember which one exactly. Um, that had a bunch of black match sitting on the top. Huh. So it was really easy. I could just drop the initiator right on top there and it would that had threw enough fire around where it ignited all the all of the fuses going down into the the bundle of the candles. Love it. Um now when you say those when you say bundle candles, are you talking about those like the over, candles. Okay, you're right. Like the over like the oversized ones that you would see that have like a yeah. you know like, like a two hundred shots. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, if you're using other candles, you got to create your own bundles and then you angle cut all your connect, all your fuses in each candle. And then you, if you want it, like, um, I remember faintly that dragon tails, I used it a few times and, um, another similar candle is called trippy sticks by, um, grand Patriot, I think, or warrior, one or the other. And that's another good candle, uh, comic candle, but you time off one individual candle and if you're going to fire your whole bundle at once, then yes, you know that each that whole bundle is only going to last like ten seconds because it's only five shots. Mm-hmm. But if what you can find about? Roman candles, <laughs> he's been waiting for an hour and a half to say that. <laughs> yeah, don't mind him. <laughs> we all have our one coworker. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we have Jamie. <laughs> yes. But um, if you have some like some perfect fuse and you can run that perfect fuse around like a bundle of four candles and you get a few extra seconds out of it. You can say that's a 15 second, 20 shot bundle candle, a barrage or um, a barrage candle in finale. And you put it like a, a five second pre-fire time. So it, it'll roughly start when you need it to, but you're going to need a good three to five second pre-fire time. Yeah. And that's going to be one of those times where you have to go test that candle out individually Just to see what you can achieve and break out that stopwatch record it so you'll know in the future how much time you need to give it like for pre-fire time and how long it's going to last yeah yeah do you when you do your timing and we'll come back to candles here in a second when you do your timing do you physically like do you have a stopwatch when you're doing that yes oh you do okay you can actually if you go to my little channel paul's pyro yeah if you go back and listen you'll hear the little beep nice. from the candle <laughs> from the stopwatch I nice mean, yeah, you'll hear the three, two, one beep, and you'll hear a yeah. fire, and you'll hear that beep with it. Yeah. So, so for for timing stuff, since we're on that on that subject, typically, and I just I'm just sharing what I've typically done for a number of years. Um, I think Jamie and AJ will take this to uh, they take it to a different level because they'll do a lot of their testing on site when they have that particular batch, which is you know something that I've always praised those two for being really really good at to make sure that they know exactly how that this batch year is, is going to be different than last year. It will. I, I think yeah. every time these guys manufacture this shit, man, it always changes from year to year. And you know, as frustrating as that is, it's just you know something that yeah. you have to plan for. So just make sure that you maybe don't design in every single one of whatever you bought just so you have something to test with. But, um, you know, take videos of that stuff and then we'll actually import that into a video software and then create markers on the timeline. Um, 
where you know you either saw the ignition or you know that the ignition existed based on you know any other relative video that you might have either you know your push button start so you know when your cue went off etc but then you know you can create some pretty precise points at least to get your averages but it's it's always been something that's worked worked really well agreed yeah um so back to the candles Back at uh, NFA, we had like in 2015, um, we had a slew of like, we were given for this competition just this mad amount of like Saturn missiles. And there was no way in hell that I could use Saturn missiles in uh, any kind of competition setting because, you know, the, the pompous designer, um, at least that that I am, and I'll fess to, um, you know, bougie bozy. Bougie bozy. Um, you know, I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to use this? And then one dude, Ben in the club, he was like, hey, he's like, you know, don't worry, check this out. He pulled the bottom off of uh, this item. So it exposed the bottom, but you could, you could see where the fusing was. You know, there's like 150 to 200 shots of these little Saturn missiles. You could see the fusing for each one of them. And he took like this adhesive and put this adhesive on the bottom cardboard piece and just put a bunch of black powder across this whole thing, right? Just I've covered. seen that used before. Dude, I, I had never seen it, but it was so cool to see that effect. Now we did ha- still have one of the Saturn missiles that just, you know, like all the fire burned, but I would say as far as a hit rate went, we were probably 85 to 90% on all of those items going up just because of the little trick that he did to, you know, kind of ignite all those fuses using black powder adhesive and, you know, taking the bottom off of the cake to have access to the fusing. Um, so it was really, it was really cool. So, and I guess where I'm going with that when it comes to Roman candles, I mean, is that do you do you see that as kind of like a, a viable option? I mean, if you're creating, say, a bucket, just like a bigger version of, you know, a a, a traditional um, black match or um, quick match bucket, you know, to to make the attachment between two leaders, is there any reason that wouldn't work? I think I see where you're coming from. You're talking about using um, multiple candles and using an adhesive and black powder as a bridge, basically, or as yeah, a yeah, yeah. That's that's actually been done before. Um, I don't normally do that. Well? I don't normally use that method just because I'm not trying to burn off that many at once. Yeah, um, yeah. I I do work with a professional company, so I'll have some extra black match laying around here and there. And I just laid strips of the black match on top of it, which is the same overall yeah, concept. I would say that's the same concept, right? If you're taking yeah. that and then just like putting that close to the fuse. But I mean, because like you said earlier, the the objective is to create so much fire in this one spot that there's just no way that something could not take the pass fire. Exactly. But you always still want to angle cut your, angle cut your, um, your receiving fuses. That'll still help ensure that that fire passes. Okay, because that exposes some of that uh, the material the that's inside yep. the fuse. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Jamie, have you ever done any candle buckets or? I haven't used candles in a couple of years, and that's just because I haven't looked at some of the nicer candles. Most of the candles Look. I did I messed with were you know multi packs and not all that fancy, but I've seen a few of them like. Ooh, I'm already in enough trouble with all the stuff I try to do now. (laughs) Wife kind (laughs) of yells at me with the look, you know, the look. I think that's all of us. 
<laughs> look, uh, I know, right? Right? I'm trying to figure out an order from Joel without the <laughs> wife knowing. Joel, I need your help. Sky Wars 2023. Pick up. <laughs> Just hide it in the back of the container. Yeah. Ooh, I got to pick up product for Octoblast. Yeah, that's where it's going to go. Or yeah. ask uh, Joel to ship it over. You guys are all in Ohio, right? Yeah. Just ask uh, Joel if he's willing to ship it over to Sabrina over at American Wholesale. What? I didn't say that. Yeah, uh, that's so cool that they work together like that, though. I, I would have. I, they might. I just don't yeah. know. I mean, no, honestly, I, I would, mean, they, ha- I would reach out to Sabrina to, first. Um, Jamie, why don't you do that? Like, get get a hold of him and see if he ship it to Octoblast. And honestly, if you do get a hold of him, see, like, grab a price list and send it to me because I'd like to look at it too. I just pick it up at Skywars. He's always, um, he's usually always there. Yeah. You might also, well, if you're going to get a hold of him, look into the 3D um, comets and mines that he has. They're reloadable comets and mines. Oh um, my God. Yes. Stop. Just stop. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Stop. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has, he, to my knowledge, he's the only person in the industry. And I don't know, I, the last time I bought these was in 2019. So I don't know if they're still available or not. But he had a um, a, a plum blo- a red plum blossom reloadable mine mm. in huh. our consumer format. Is and that an instant three quarter? Yes. If you look really closely at my show at the very beginning, at the first song, you'll see um, that red plum blossom just pop into the air. And yeah. that's what those were. Okay. I had my last last of them left over from 2019 that I used in that show. I'll go back and watch the video and take it. How does that compare next to like a, a 50 that exists in the same space as far as, you know, like verticality and, you know, like it, your I've seen some spread. of them. I, most of the 50s reach better, but yeah. I have seen a few. Um, there's some good ones out there that actually have some pretty decent distance. Um, the 3D, because the ones from Joel have some pretty good distance. Um there was another one I tried a couple of years ago. Oh, the the booming bulldog ones have some pretty good range. Yeah. Um, but like the dominator ones are okay. But it's still a that's still a really unique effect having a mine. Yeah. Like any kind. It is. It really is. And I, to my knowledge, I've never seen that anywhere else. And somebody needs to put that in pro line in a twenty five millimeter yeah, or a twenty cool, or twenty five millimeter and put it in AJ's little circle racks and have it fire in a circle. And then have that and have that fire and have that plum blossom appear after it fires. Yeah. 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 I'll have to trade that, trademark that. (laughs) If somebody ever uses that, you best give me credit. (laughs) They heard it right. They heard it here, man. Heard it here uh, first. You're going to have, that's right. You're going to have, you'll have proof. (laughs) Yep. I love it, dude. Um, Let's see here. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of things that we, we haven't necessarily covered. I mean, I think you are, you are so creative in your use of consumer one for, right. And I, I really hope that, you know, this messaging kind of does resonate with the people that listen to the podcast and the designers that listen to the podcast, because it's easy, I guess, you know, one four pro is great because you, you but know, anybody this, can, it's, that's the thing. It, one four pro anymore. doesn't require real creativity sometime to create a show. Well, I think you can get boxed in, dude. I, yes. It's, it, it's uh, so easy to get boxed into the effects that you do have available. Now I'm going to, I'm, 
going to give it to the one, four pro guys, because I think in the last, in the last couple of years, you know, especially after, um, you know, the, the shit effects that COVID had on, on the world and like all the shutdowns and just the supply shortages in general. Um, I think one, four manufacturers that do have pro lines did a good job of trying to create new effects. And you're seeing it a shit ton with a lot of these, these newer companies that are hitting the one four pro line space, they're forcing innovation, right? Because they can, and that's, great, right? Competition breeds innovative stuff. Um, but one, four period, just regular run of the mill one, four. I think that's always been a special place that you can go, especially in a competitive setting to set yourself aside from whatever the standards and the norms are. And a lot of those, you know, flat color palettes that exist or traditionally existed in 1.4 Pro, right? Because you can really get some special effects out of standard 1.4. Agreed. Dismount from soapbox. (laughs) Don't fall. (laughs) Yeah, right. Trust me. I already have. Jamie, you got any other uh, burning questions? I ran out of room on the notepad from all the notes. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm in our room for questions. I love it. Oh, you guys gonna, know how to get a hold of me. That's right, dude. We need to do um I and I'm I'm deadly serious on coming out to, to Vegas. One, I think Katie would absolutely love that. And two, you know, I it's like I want to get shown around by the dude that, that knows the lay of the land. Be glad to play tour guide <laughs> and designated driver. <laughs> it's been, <laughs> it's been twenty bring, years since I've been there. So bring uh, Brandon Williams like, out with you. It was all for for work. Because I still owe him a stake. I told him I owed him a stake. He was my right-hand man at at Skywars. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I I couldn't have pulled that show off without him. Brandon's a good, he's such a good person, man. He's a good dude. He is a good person. Um, You know, it's like, I'm kind of excited to see what he comes up with this year for the Unlimited show. Same. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know that he's he's been one of those guys that for so long has been kind of throwing his hat in the ring for which I like to be quite honest and like and I'll be completely forthcoming about this. He's been in the blind pyro for for so many years and has he's excelled at the blind pyro, which by the way, that is hard as shit, man. Yes, to it do is. well in that setting. I that's oh gotta be like I am scared to death of that competition. And I stand on the outside and I look at guys like Brandon or you know like the, the KCAF folks that play like um, that th- do this uh, event. And I just, I'm, my mind's blown because I don't know how these guys do what they do in the short amount of time that they have to do it. Just the prep work and the amount of design work that would have to go into that up front. And you still have no idea, you know, which of oh, your dude, alternative you, designs you're going to use. Like, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. Absolutely. It's a, I remember when I did it at mine in 2021 and I was, my wife was sitting there and she was stressed out watching me being stressed out. <laughs> She's like, what the? And, um, it's, and it you were probably insane. tearing every cake apart. Not every cake, but a lot of them. Um, <laughs> and this, this crazy part, the scary part is I actually uh, scripted that on site. I scripted that. Oh my with, God. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I scripted boy. that. Um, oh, yeah. man. Ask Zach. Um, he saw me. He wa- I, I scripted that with Finale yeah. on site because I, I, I don't do well. That's not my creative 
method. I don't do well with something I don't see. I mean, I'm like, my music has to meet my fireworks. My music has to work together. So yeah. what song am I even going to use? Like, and I got the, I got completely unlucky that year. I had so much whistle and crackle in that. I'm like, you've yeah. got to be yeah. kidding me. It's like you, you, any softer song just gets thrown right out the window. Right. You, now, do you, you did have you have to, to like when you do that though? You probably came in with a. Did you come in like hard tied to one song, no. or did you like I'm? You had a, a drawer I had two or full three. of songs that you figured, okay, you know, this could be befitting of different stuff. Yeah, basically that was it. You I had two or fast. three songs. And I had the, one of the songs was a, had some really hard edges to it. it had It was a really hard song, like rock. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is going to, this will, the song will actually come through with a crackling, the ridiculous amounts of crackling whistle that I've been handed to this year. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the product selection for the Blind Pyro, too. I mean, isn't that basically like a, Hey, you know, draw straws and then you kind of just take turns as you go. Or is it one of those things where one team kind of goes first, has pick of the litter, and then, you know, the last team that goes is just like bottom of the barrel shit pit and you're picking just leftovers? Uh, that was, that was two years ago. I don't remember. Two years ago. Okay. I remember that we, we had, I think it was, we had a palette that was assigned to, a, I don't know if it was, I think we drew, drew out of a hat and it's like, you get this palette. Okay. Oh, so we okay. ran over there. Oh, this is my palette. Great. Okay. Load up. <laughs> Let's go. Get it back to the get it back to the tent or get it back to the assembly setup. And we're like, okay, what do we got? Yeah. And start and the next thing you do is you start looking up videos or you have somebody looking up videos for each item and say, Okay, you need to go put the timing on these items. Write it down on there. Here's some tape. Here's a permanent marker. Go write down the time on this. <laughs> and that way you can just try to plug it into the best that you can. And God. yeah, and I made some mistakes and, and just because I wasn't as familiar with Finale as I should have been for that show. Oh my gosh. So that was so stressful. <laughs> so so, you, so had to, you had to make the VDLs for those fireworks I did some on really, top of it too, don't you? I mean, yeah, that's, it that's was some really extreme. rough VDLs. They were some God. very rough VDLs. I mean, that's when you say 200 gram cake, it's you're talking a 0.75 inch, 16 shot, 30 second or 15 second uh, variegated of like you use very generic terms yeah. to create yeah. something. Just it's they're placeholders at that point. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is nuts, man. Like I, I would not be able to work that fast. I, which no, is no. like, that's, that, that's an instance where I would feel like I'm holding up my team. I think, um, we need I to think do my a, team felt like I was holding them up too. I think we but, need to do a blind pyro with all the Skywars no competitors. Yeah. That'd be that would be pretty, <laughs> no, pretty <we> beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the champions from uh, the champion you know, of champion year, of champions really let's show see what, what you guys you can really do. <laughs> oh my god! But tell them they have to script it on site too. Yeah, Give them an extra uh, hour to script it on site. But don't uh -huh. you have to script it on site because you don't no, know? No, most what people have it already pre-scripted. And how do you just do that if you don't have product? You just plug in what you can, and so they, they've got all the hit points already set, and they're just mix so and match. And from what gotcha. I understand, like because I, I assume the same thing too. I was like, I was thinking to myself years and years and years ago when I first saw a blind pyro. I'm like, oh my god, people do this all on site, and while some of them do, it it seems like 
Most don't. I, I would say most, yeah, most of them, what they will do is still actually create several scripts, right? And, you know, having stuff that creates, I don't know, say, um, like you've got single shots, but again, you don't know if you're actually going to have single shots when you get your stuff. So they just create different scripts. And then even sometimes they'll like take just part a of one framework. script and integrate it with another script and then, you know, see what you get. That's what's crazy about it is, you know, cause you, you would have to keep that in the forefront of your, your brain coming into it because while your team doesn't necessarily know what you've scripted and you have a picture laid out in your head or even, you know, across four or five different scripts, being able to take all of that shit and do it while under <clears throat> pressure, while communicating to your team, what the fuck's going on? That's crazy to me. Oh, well, yeah. you have it's, no clue what's going on. Communicate to your team what's, what's going, going on. What's going on? That's, just, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> accurate. That's all too accurate. Yes. Hey, you're a salesman. You can do that though, right? Yeah, <laughs> we do think on our feet, right, Paul? Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> and sometimes what comes out of our mouth though is it's a little sketchy. You know what? We may have no clue what we're talking about, it, but it sure sounds like we do. That's where yeah. we fake it until we make it. Exactly. <laughs> I love Mr. It, and Mrs. Customer, you know, I'm not sure about the answer to that, but I can find out for you. Bo's in sales too, so he understands. Yeah, I get it. I Well, and actually, believe it or not, I'm on, I'm on a really weird niche part of that because half the time I'm talking to engineers, and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm not that technical, right? I know buzzwords and stuff like that, but half the time I'm sitting across from somebody who's so much smarter than me. They, they watch me try to digest what they just said. They can tell I have no idea idea what he just said but yeah he just took a note on it so you know hopefully i'll hear back from Bo. it's okay you just use words that they don't understand uh, they're like oh he gets it. <laughs> oh man yeah i don't know man i'm looking i'm really looking forward to what brandon's gonna do because he's he did the blind for so many years and i feel like wrestling kitty chasers yep i feel like he earned his spot in the pro-am uh, years ago so i'm um, still a little kind of put off that he's not been accepted into the one four program yet, but just me. Yeah. I can agree with that. I mean, even I think it was you, Bo, that told me in 2021, I think is like, if you can do blind pyro, you're ready for pro-am. hundred percent. If you can do blind pyro and make it look remotely fucking good, then I think you're ready for pro-am, you know? I, yeah. I, Cause like I've seen people do blind Absolutely. pyro and they're My just God. average, average shows, but I've also seen people do blind pyro and just completely implode. I mean, just K cap last year was phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. It's a, it's, it was a great show. I mean, they did she, a, she, an she, excellent she job. She was of, like, I was like, that's a blind pyro. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, dude. Yeah. Dude, I loved watching Jessica up there at the table though. I mean, it, just because <laughs> she it, killed it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, not only that, not only did she kill it, like, but just like watching her, like just dancing and stuff up at the table. It just reminded me of me like standing at tables. Cause like I'll, I'll do that at sites where I just, I remember back in NFA in 2017, I'm up in the booth with people that are all business, right? All business. You got DJ paid DJ to come in and do the event. You got guys up there that are doing demos and mic stuff. They do this all the time. And I'm up there hitting play and Joel Robinson standing off to my right with, um, it was Jonah from Cobra, but I'm sitting up, I'm, fucking, Zach, I'm dancing, dude. I'm dancing along with the eighties, mostly soundtrack. And Joel, I just remember looking over, <laughs> And Joel elbowed Joan. He's like, look at this fucking guy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
Thank you again for inviting me to the yeah, uh, dude, cast. I, yeah, thank you so podcast. much for, for joining us, man. This was fun. And, you know, like I, I want the podcast to be a place for designers, you know, and, and for people that want to learn how to do design. And because I think it's when all of us innovate, everything gets better, right? We're going to see some really cool creative uh creative aspects of what, what it is that we do. And, you know, innovation is a beautiful thing. I mean, really right now, the pyrotechnic community as a whole, the industry, the fireworks, we're at a, we're at a unique position. Like even the past 10 years that I've seen has been just such a monumental change and everything from regulation, quality of fireworks, the availability of fireworks. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, this should be a time where we see some of the most creative stuff come out of, come from everybody's, these, all of our fellow designers' minds of literally breaking the box wide open and just stomping on it. Forget about being, thinking inside the box. Let's just destroy the box altogether. Yep. I agree. Yep. I, I mean, agree 100%, from, my man. Yep. With Craig Co., we have the, with Craig Co. availability, all the other single shot availabilities. Just all the that the one four pro and the stuff that kind of walks in between both both realms between the one four pro and one four consumer. It's just so much stuff we have available to us now. Yeah, yeah. The tools are getting better. The products getting better. And I mean, you can design a pyro musical off your phone now. Yeah, (laughs) between Firefly and Ignite, it's like, come on. (laughs) Ten years ago, had anybody think that we could do that? No. That level of innovation from some of these OEMs is, it's really inducing, like introducing people into the space that are like, wow, you know, there's, there's really something fun to this. Let me, you know, let's go out there and see what exists in a space that's even tighter than just a standard little consumer show. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you, dude, for joining us. Jamie, you got anything else before I click this button? No, I've just taken lots of notes because I am amazed by, uh, what he has done. It's some of his work is just astounding. Yeah. Well done. It's, it's well awesome done, to get perspectives and, and some stuff. Some of the from... knowledge you have on consumers. Great. <laughs> really I've had, is. I've been very privileged to work with a lot of different fireworks uh, vendors. I mean, over the past few years, it's, and that's the only, I mean, I've gotten very fortunate on that. Um, but thank you. And yeah. I'm not done yet. Once I get past this rough spot, it'll be better. I've got some other ideas up my sleeves that I'm working on meant just kind of pre-planning for so stay tuned I can't wait to see what you do man